Right. And just um, to follow up his announcement with Christmas Eve, if you've, if you've been here for years, you know that usually on Christmas Eve we have a, a shorter service, um, mostly singing and then a short message and just a time to celebrate. That would not be the case this year. We are having a full, just like Sunday morning service um, with, with extended singing. Uh, so it will be probably a longer service than normal. Um, with not having childcare, still come. Bring your kids. Uh, it's a joy to be able to do that together, but I don't want you to come and, and expect us to have this shorter service. We're going to be taking the Lord's Supper together. We're going to be doing a full service uh, Saturday evening in lieu of Sunday morning uh, to give uh, families that are out of town or just wanting to celebrate with their kids that time. Well, this morning, I hope um, that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. Uh, my family and I uh, gathered at my parents' uh, new home in Ohio. They just moved to Ohio a few months ago. Uh, it was the first time that we have been together as a family for years on Thanksgiving. Um, and so it was a joy. Uh, it was wonderful eating uh, our Thanksgiving meal, watching all of the boys uh, play football in their yard laughing, playing games, watching the parade, and setting up and decorating my parents' house uh, with their Christmas tree and decorations. And then um, I spent some time going through hundreds of pictures from when I was a kid, uh, boxes that had been packed up for their move um, and uh, made it through like half of one of the boxes of pictures. But some of those pictures that I came across were from Christmases in uh, our past. And um, I'll share with you, we were not uh, rich by any means growing up um, at all. But there was one day every year where as kids we, we felt rich. Uh, we felt like we were rich. Because my parents would spoil us every single Christmas. And um, we kind of had the, the routine every year, um, probably law every year in my home, but um, we were not allowed to go downstairs, uh, not in the middle of the night, uh, not in the morning. We could not go downstairs until everyone was up, including parents. Uh, my parents would set up a barricade in front of the stairs. And so if you tried, you would probably go into the hospital, but... Um, so there was just no attempting to go downstairs until they were up. They removed the barricade, and then we would just run downstairs to see what was going to be under and around the tree. And the tree was always overflowing with uh, presents. And then one at a time, we would take turns opening gifts until there were no more uh, gifts to open. And it was wonderful. Every single year and every year we as kids my brother my sister and myself would be filled with wonder and that always started maybe for some of you too when um the jc penny and sears catalogs would come out the christmas catalogs the wish book you guys remember those i mean kids today like you have no idea the magic and the wonder of getting those catalogs in the mail and then just going through them over and over until Christmas Day just with the hope that would build and the wonder that would build inside of you just over and over and over again. And then going to the malls back then, it was just 
incredible. I mean, it was the toy stores, K and B toys, uh, or KB toys and K and K toys. You guys remember those? See? I mean, you hear the magic in this room right now. Kids, you just don't know. Like, you don't, I mean, Amazon, goodness gracious. But the magic, it was all a season of wonder for us. And we would see the possibilities of what was coming. And when the day came, we were, we were in wide-eyed wonder. And that's really, that's what I want us to consider this morning on the first Sunday of Advent. Our Advent series this year is titled, A Childlike Christmas. And I, I know, I know that it wasn't just me and my siblings that were filled with wonder. It wasn't just people of our generation that were filled with wonder. It's the joy of watching children at Christmas. They're filled with wonder. And we're going to consider the, the, those feelings and those emotions today, wonders that a child experiences at Christmas and how we should have those same emotions and feelings throughout our lives as we consider Jesus Christ and the coming of Christ just as I mentioned about my childhood and maybe yours, we would get those big catalogs and read through them again and again. And hope and wonder. And then on the day, we would overflow with wonder because of the blessings that came. How much more with Christ's coming that we celebrate each Christmas? Shouldn't there be wonder still in our hearts in our expressions, in the way that we talk, in the way that we hope, in the way that we long. And so I want to talk about three reasons for wonder as we consider Advent. Three reasons to wonder like a child this Christmas. We're going to be looking at different passages throughout this series and this sermon, but our primary text Today is Matthew chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. So go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. And as you get there, go ahead and stand if you're able and follow along as I read. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him... Bring me word that I may too come and worship him. This is fun. Well, I read it 15 times this week. This is the craziest thing. I'm so sorry. It's right there on the paper. Uh, you know what we should do? Turn to Luke chapter 2, please. My goodness. That is amazing. That is amazing. Luke chapter 2, please. Beginning with verse 8. And we're going to literally read through verse 21 this time. Man, I apologize. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. You're good to us, Lord. You're kind to us. Lord, we confess there are seasons of our life, sometimes long seasons of our life, where we lose the wonder of the truths of Christ's coming. We don't want to live that way, Lord. We want to honor you and glorify you, even in the way we think about you, in the way that our countenance displays who you are and what you have done. So help us, we pray, Father. In Christ's name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Well, three things, reasons to consider this morning, reasons to wonder like a child this Christmas. The first is this, the hope that God became man. I don't know how we could ever get used to that news, sincerely. Almost every single text, if you read through the gospel accounts, almost every text in the gospels about the birth of Jesus, about the Christ coming to earth, is a text of wonder. People filled with wonder at the coming of the Messiah. They had, they had read or heard the promises and wonder had built in their hearts, but when he came, they overflowed with wonder. We see that in the text today. And they should, and we should. There should be wonder that, that we feel and express as we consider the coming of Christ. God became man. You look here in Luke chapter 2, in verses 8 through 10, what does the angel tell these poor shepherds? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The news wasn't just for those shepherds. It wasn't just for the wise men. It wasn't just for Joseph and Mary. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was good news of great joy for all people of every tribe and every tongue and every age for all time. And what is the good news of great joy? Verse 11 tells us a Savior has been born, which is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord has been born. That is a truth today that should cause us to wonder like a child. At Christmas, the Christ is the Lord of all. He is 
God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. The Christ, being fully God, became man. John 1 tells us the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the glorious truth of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You'll find a baby, not a being, but a baby. Now, how is that possible? We should truly wonder at that. A baby was born... God in the flesh. How? The Son, incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. I hope I never get used to that. I know I do, but I hope I never get used to that. The Son of God incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. The Son of God comes miraculously to this earth through the womb of fallen humanity. In Matthew chapter 1, we're told that Mary, though she was pledged to Joseph, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, there's most certainly a mystery to that. How is that possible? That a woman becomes pregnant by the power of God. In our, in our feeble minds, it's impossible, except that nothing is impossible with God. But if we look at the, the truths of the gospel and the truths of who we are apart from Christ, we also know that it's necessary that that happened. The virgin birth means that Jesus was not simply a holy man that God honored with divine status. It means he is God incarnate. That God literally put on flesh and stepped into this world. God in the flesh. God became man. I would ask you, do we, do we wonder at that? like a child, at the truth that God became man. The second truth that, that should cause us to wonder like a child this Christmas is the truth that we find humility in an awesome king. That we find humility in an awesome king. At Christmas, we celebrate that God became man and dwelt among us. God And what do we know of God? We read earlier our scripture reading from Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. 
Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. That's the truth about God, of who he is and what he's like. We read that and we ought to tremble that that is a true description of God and who he is. But also, we know that that God put on flesh and came to us in humility. A humble king. He became a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, not in a palace. His coming was announced to shepherds, not royalty. Jesus came in the most humble way and lived a humble life. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Verse 6 there, when Paul's writing to the Philippians, though he, Jesus, was in the form of God. What does that mean? The way the Nicene Creed puts it is Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all words, worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. This Jesus, this Son, God in the flesh did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now we know from scriptures he already possessed equality with God. And yet he refused to use it in a self-promoting way. That's what Paul is writing to the Philippians. He made himself nothing. He took the form of a servant To come and rescue us. Guys, that should cause us to wonder like a child this Christmas. A humble God. We don't see that often. A humble king. Honestly, it seems like we don't even desire that in people that we look up to so often. Maybe we don't believe that it can be found. But what Paul is saying, what Paul is telling the Philippians, what Paul is telling us through this letter to the Philippians, it can be found. It is found in 
Jesus, a humble king. And Paul's saying, have this mind among yourselves that is yours in Jesus. Jesus, who came to us through the incarnation, born of a virgin in the most humble way. He lived a holy and humble life. We have humility in an awesome king. Psalm 97, again, verses 1 through 5. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. And he is humble. Do you wonder, like a child this Christmas, that God in the flesh is humble? And lastly, the third truth that should cause us to wonder, that, like a child this Christmas, is the truth that the Almighty God identified with sin and suffering in His coming. That God identified with sin and suffering. In Luke chapter 2, the angel announces that they would find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, comes into the world identifying with sin and with suffering. The very moment of his birth is an entrance into that. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I would ask you have, you, have you really pondered the mercy and love of a God who would put on flesh and identify with you and with your sin? Have you wondered at the glorious hope you have because of that truth? Jesus came and lived life in the ways that you and I live life. He encountered temptations just as you do. He was ridiculed. He heard gossip. He was teased. He was yelled at. He was abused. He was marginalized. Jesus had a job he was probably criticized for his work. He tripped. He fell. He bumped his head. He walked in the same world that you walk in. He literally and very purposefully identified with sin and with suffering. 
in all of that for your salvation and for my salvation. He didn't have to, he chose to. So that you and I could be saved from sin and from suffering. Forever and ever and ever. And that's the pinnacle of his identification with sin and suffering. He came to bear the consequences of sin and suffering in his body on the cross. Even though he lived and walked in the same world you and I walk in, being tempted and tested in all of the ways that we are tempted and tested, he did so without sin. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God do you wonder are you filled with wonder like a child this Christmas that the almighty God identified with sin and suffering identified with you the Lord reigns let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. And he identified with your sin and your suffering. In Luke 2, verse 18, it says that the shepherds told what they had seen and all who heard wondered. Were filled with wonder at the good news of the gospel of Jesus who would come to this earth. It's a good and right response to the truths of the gospel, to the truths of Christmas. As I remember back to my childhood, I remember the wonder of those Christmas mornings and the days approaching them. And I still, I still experience those feelings today in different things and in different ways. Honestly, if you know me, you know that I love Disney. Unashamedly, I love Disney movies, and I love going to Disney World if I can. I love going to Magic Kingdom or Disneyland or any of the parks and the feeling of wonder that I still feel as a grown-up. I'm sure you have those things in your life, things that fill you with wonder, but nothing, absolutely nothing can or should compare to the wonder that God became man. That there is humility in our king. And that the almighty God identified with sin and suffering, with my sin and my suffering. We're going to go into a time where we take the Lord's Supper together. As we take the Lord's Supper each week, it's a reminder of these things. The Almighty God who sits enthroned 
in the way that the psalmist described, became man and identified with sin and suffering. And in humility, his body was broken and his blood was poured out. And because of, of the consequences of sin being put on him, God making him to be sin who knew no sin, because of those consequences, we go free. That the truth of Romans 8, 1 is for us. There is therefore now no condemnation, zero condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Do we wonder at the truth of the gospel? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. You're so good to us, Lord. I ask you, Father, to help us as we ponder the truths of the gospel, of the coming of Jesus, not just right now. I pray for that, Lord, but not just right now. As we go from here, as we gather again over these next weeks, we long to consider the truths of the gospel and to have childlike faith. To remember rightly who you are and what you have done. To be amazed and filled with wonder that you, God, would come to this earth and bear the weight of our sin so that we go free, so that we can say with joy, there is therefore, because of the gospel, no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. Pray that you'd help us to remember rightly, Lord, and to worship truly. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.